but I'm going to probably chop off the very beginning of this. So don't worry about that. All right. Uh, My little sound volume is jumping up like it should. Yours is too. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, man, let's get, let's, let's just get started. Um, sorry, uh, everybody, this is Mr. Benjamin's ADD experience live. Uh, I am, I said live, this is, this is one of the first recorded ones that I have here. Uh, so I just lied to you. just not the live version. I've just, uh, checking out some periodicals here. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. No, that's uh, one of my one of my zines. That's great. I, I I love that. I actually have two copies of that left, and I can't find them. There's there's somewhere they might be in that bookshelf or something. Um, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, man. If you need a high quality scan, I've got uh, plenty of uh, zines and stuff over here. <laughs> awesome. So, so um, hey, what's going on, dude? How, how's it been, man? Uh, what, do you have a drink? I got a drink. He said you might get a drink. Cheers. Yeah, no, you, I, I saw you. I saw you drinking uh, on your side, and I was like, you know what? Um, John Diaz, who runs the Out of Play Area podcast, he has a habit of you know consuming a beverage of some sort on his podcast, and I like that. And it actually oh. brought me back to the original Payal podcast with Raphael. Oh, and okay. He, when we were sitting around doing our, our very, very first podcast way back in the day when you had to FTP your files to a server <laughs> back, back in that day, he would bring, you know, he was a bartender. So he would bring in uh, some drinks for us and we'd have a good time and kick it up. So. Oh, I dude, I remember it. coming down there for one of those podcasts that I, I was on there and, uh, you know, like hanging out and yet yeah, doing the whole, like, like there was a long preparation before starting, you know, mixing all these drinks and stuff. But, yeah, um, yeah dude, so I, I got this, dude, I, I wanted to mention this was a Rainer beer up here in Washington. It's like, and they call this thing vitamin honor, man. It's like the go-to, like, <laughs> cheap beer. <laughs> vitamin R, I love yeah, it. Yeah, man, gotta have some vitamin R tonight. <laughs> Uh, cool, man. Cool. Uh, yeah, so I got this uh, uh, for Comic-Con week in the, the con season. Stone actually puts out this uh, Falker, Imperial Star Falker IPA. It's got the little Star Trek font on it and everything. So oh, I'm nice. rocking with that right now. And uh, yeah, this is Dude, my last. Stone Brewery, man. Yeah, they're great, man. I, that's, I missed that, that, that about Town in uh, Southern California, man. That, that brewery, when I was in Carlsbad, uh, going over there, it was awesome. Was it Was it a part of your creative experience? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so, man. I think that's a, it could encourage you to get some ideas going after visiting uh, the place and eating some good food, drinking some good uh, drinks. And they would always be like a locally sourced everything. Uh, the one of the first times I ran across that idea of just like, even like the meat and stuff is like locally sourced. Or usually it's like you go to the restaurant, it's like, I don't know where this stuff is coming from, man. Like something to think about. <laughs> to- to- totally, yeah. Uh, I was talking with um, Tomo uh, Moriwaki and he um, he's a creative, chief creative officer over hyperkinetic games. And he was telling me how, uh, how they have a whole process of going out and not, not drinking to get away from work, but this whole social thing where, you know, you're working, you're eating and drinking together, you're hanging out at the bar. And they even created a game called, um, Epic Tavern that was kind of based around that concept. So I was like, wow, okay, that's pretty cool. 
Dude, that is a part of the creative process. I think if you're with a group of people, at, like if you're working together in an office, you got to be able to go out and drink. And that's where a lot of like social things and ideas come up and stuff like that and bonds are built. Um, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of alcohol, actually, but um, it's a certain, uh, it's, a, it's kind of undeniable. There's like a certain amount of like uh, creatives. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just a classic thing. I remember certain people would say, you know, oh, like, let's just stop everything and go to the bar and middle of the day or something like that, or at least have a ritual like Friday night. Everybody at this office, like, worked at, you know, brings a beer, hangs out and stuff like that. And that's like, Without that, like the team is kind of like not quite tight, but enough knit, man, yeah. and quite, quite vibe enough together. So I feel like that type of stuff is an important now, part of a creative project, man. <laughs> <laughs> so some, some people who don't understand, I, I, they might be like, you know, that sounds very dysfunctional, but I'm, uh, I'm all here for it. Um, so you, uh, did you ever, because we worked at Rockstar Games together, did you oh. ever go out with uh gordon and his crew uh, yeah well that's kind of what i was thing i was thinking about there is yeah and he was i always like wax poetic about uh, they had a poem across the street or whatever and how they would always go to the pub and he was like a big big guy a, a, a proponent of this everybody going out to the pub and stuff like that but he was like uh maybe taking it a little too far and i don't know <laughs> um well, you know, uh, rest his soul. He actually passed away a little while ago, but yeah, rest he, in um, peace, man. I can't believe I, I heard about that. That's sad. Um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, he was a, an interesting force. We actually butted heads quite a few times on a development level and a social level, but you know, that's not to say anything about his, uh, you know, him as a person and what he was trying to do and the thing that he brought to me at least uh was that definitely getting together a team of people and getting them in this situation where they're developing and they're creating and there's this freedom to like being able to walk up to your friend and be like hey can you open up this character uh-huh yeah it's complete bullshit. you know that right and you know every, and everybody's like you know well what do you think's wrong with this? Like this, this, and this, man, I did it because of X, Y, and Z. Well, we're trying to make this and that. And he created this atmosphere where we could go out and drink. And when I started going out to, uh, Carl Strauss, that was a little pub. We, we, we'd go out to Carl Strauss and he'd start bringing up these things. And I was confused. I was like, why are we talking about work when this is supposed to be an after work thing? He's, and he was like, no, no, it's all kind of together. You can, you know, get out your, your ideas. Uh, maybe you don't have time to talk to the art director or whatever. Now you can do it. Um, everybody can kind of interact on any different level across game, across discipline, you know, across rank or whatever. So I started mm. getting into that, that style. And that was one of the great things I picked up from, um, Rockstar and, uh, you know, getting drunk on the company's dime basically. Oh yeah, no, that's great, dude. The idea of yeah, anybody could kind of go up to anybody. Sometimes it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm a kid in QA, and it's like, dude, I had this crazy idea about the audio, so I'm going to go mention it to this whole audio programmer. The only time is that like maybe some company party or something where you're all hanging like, you know, out and drinking. But but I gotta say, I mean, although the other side of this is like, I when I was like, you know, like I'm like kind of a nerd. I'm in like when I was in my young twenties, I'm like. Uh, like drugs and alcohol and stuff. Like I'm not, I, a lot of uh, people in uh, at least gaming 
are kind of just like trying to be straight edge and kind of like, like look down on that or just like, oh, I'm not going to go out drinking. I'm going to go home. But then you miss out on all this stuff, unfortunately. And uh, it's kind of unfortunate in a way. It's like even like the uh, like the crunch time thing. It's like I'm going to be legitimate and go home exactly at 7 p.m. or whatever. But then it's like the one night you happen to be there for like 10 o'clock at night, like talking to the other guy, like super late. Like that's when the real magic happens, man. <laughs> exactly. I um, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, that's that's when where the magic happens, um, especially when there's a small amount of people, and you know you've got to stay late, but you can you can get an expense report to uh, to go buy food. And if there were like if there was like five of us, they're like, hey, there's only five of us here. You know, we can go get the uh, the the jumbo sushi platter from you know this late night restaurant out in La Jolla. They stay open until eleven o'clock. And say, like, really? Yeah. So, yeah, the sushi restaurants like you, you kidding me? You're calling for a sushi platter at like ten fifty five at night. <laughs> We're about to close. That's like too bad. We got a game to build, buddy. <laughs> the creative process, man. The design process sometimes in the divide, man. It's uh, it's too much for reality, man. It's about I don't know. I don't know. That's that's. I, oh my God. I love that. The design is too much for reality. So you have to start being unrealistic. I love it. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Dan, there's something to that dude. Some, some designs are just too far out there or out of their time or something, but yeah, that's how things change, man. And like it pushed forward and stuff it's like what's going on today with uh, some NFTs and stuff like that. Man. But, uh, Dude, um, I was jumping over to NFTs and stuff real quick. Well, Sorry, just we'll, wait. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll we'll definitely get into NFTs. Uh, that's but a, yeah, that's okay. We'll get um, so what? I, what I want to know really quickly. Uh, people know that we work together at Rockstar Games. How did you end up uh, starting there and getting your uh, development experience going? Where Where did you start from? Yeah, man, I basically started there, dude. I was just in QA and like many other people who started and everything. But um, after many years, it was like, uh, or actually, I think a lot of my interaction with the design team from QA was with you. So I kind of thank you for that because I remember you'd be willing to like hang out with the QA guys and talk about the deep, uh, ditty gritty details and stuff like that, uh, balance and stuff like that. But um, yeah, no, after that, I went into to Wait, mobile games, man. But um. So, so were you just like living in California and said, I want to, I want to be a, a, a game tester or QA for games and walked up to Rockstar? Yeah, man. Well, that's the thing. I was like, okay, I, this is like the late nineties. I'm like, okay, I want to make games. But then like you go to the people in school and it's like, that wasn't a structured thing at the time where nowadays it's like they, from the, the thing, kid to kids are in elementary school. It's like, oh yeah, programming and stuff. But um, for me, it was like, there was no real such uh, structure. So I just like went to a junior college in Irvine where I grew up in Southern California. And then I got the job in QA and it was just like, okay, let's go from there basically. Um, yeah, man. I, and there was, that was my college was basically working at Rockstar. Nice, nice. <laughs> that was my college experience. And yeah, that's how a lot, a lot of it is. Usually people are so young and it's just like, okay, yeah, no big deal. Oh, we got to stay up till 1 a.m. to get the new bill. It's no big deal, man. I got nothing going on. <laughs> so, so what year did you start? I, I started in 2003. Oh man, I I don't know. I'd have to check, but basically it was like the PlayStation Two days for Midnight Club Three, um, 
Yeah, they had late days of the PlayStation 2, and then when the Xbox uh, started coming out, and uh, Xbox 360 started coming out, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, okay. that, that was a good time, man. And then uh, Table Tennis was like my uh, second project, basically. Okay, because okay, that make that makes sense because um, yeah. So we you you must have gotten there a little before me, and because I got there uh, was messing around on Agent. You know, and actually, I'm not sure because I might have been there a little before you. If you're saying you started on the uh, the PS2 business, because I was there working on Agent. Okay, the, yeah, uh, that was probably before me. I just heard heard uh, heard some whispers of that or something. Okay, okay, so I was there before you then. It's funny. Um, Agent is still on. I, the only reason I mentioned Agent and actually talk about it is because there's still a a, a stub website for it. You know, rockstargames.com. <laughs> You can find it on the website somewhere. It's like, what? Agent's still there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, yeah, people always are constantly still to this day talking about that and stuff, but it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, like, it doesn't exist and stuff. Um, I, I don't even know how much I, I can't say anymore about yeah. that, man. <laughs> Talk about that off the air. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll, uh, I'll I'll drop some dirt in your ear later. See, um, remember, that was the kind of crazy thing about working in the, with some of these big games is you can, like, work on secret projects or you can't tell anybody. And it's like for years, like, working on some game, like super excited about, like, going back home to friends. Like, yeah, I'm at the game industry stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, what game are you working on? Oh, yeah, you'll see, man. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh no it's funny um well like i'd go to uh, e3 and stuff like that and i'd find myself talking to people and some of these people would know more about the games that like our company was working on that i knew and they're like like hey did you guys ever get funding for x y and z and i'm like what what are you talking about kidding yeah me that, at, uh, that's that's why uh, some of it's, that's why, like, I think a lot of design lately is about, like, listening to people online now, because you can hear, like, those crazy fans immediately uh, in tweets and stuff, where it's like, they do know more about the project sometimes than some of these other people who are working on it, or like, the obsessed people, so so deep into it, and now it's like people are getting the immediate feedback from those players and stuff, and then integrating it so it's crazy yeah. man but back then it would be like we'd have to be traveling to a physical conference to get that type of feedback yeah some uh some dark corner of some uh you know shady bar uh in downtown la you know with, after e3 is closed up I, I i remember it very well it was fun so uh let me ask you this uh you you went to you went to qa to actually make games i mean was that your say was that you saying i'm gonna jump in qa and then make my way into making games or were you just checking it out or what that was the only way in basically man yeah everything else was it's like you need to have some sort of experience or something so i that's this is kind of my main problem actually in my whole career is i'm like i just want to make games and be in it and be in the development process but it's like okay now what's my exact career path so it's like, okay, design is just the default thing, man. You go to Finder, basically. And, um, that kind of touches all areas of development, basically. So, yeah, I just thought I wanted to be a game designer. I'll start out in QA and probably maybe move to design at some point. But I was just happy to be part of it, dude, and just be seeing the development kits and all the stuff behind the scenes. It's like so exciting to me, man. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you ever see the the, the first uh, uh, PS uh 
two, three development kit that we got. I remember there was a. I'll never snack that giant thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, the, yeah, I the think big, that thing. Yeah, those things were ridiculous, man. The big, the big, uh, the big black travel trunk, you know, with the two handles <laughs> on the side. You know, you could put like an entire family's uh, clothes for a week in there. Dude, yeah, if that thing goes missing, uh, people in a black helicopter might chill off. <laughs> no, we, we've, uh, uh, Ted, Ted Carson plugged that thing up, man, and it blew out the power in, uh, on the second floor <laughs> of Rockstar back in, uh, in our old building. So it just, yeah, that thing was more. Yeah, no, that was cool, man. Just being in that development and seeing that stuff behind the scenes is, is still still pretty exciting. Although now it's like you could just develop that home or whatever. But um, I thought that was all pretty cool, man. Like even just seeing the controllers of like, oh, this Xbox controller, like it doesn't have any like jewel on it or whatever because it's from the dev kit and stuff, stuff like that. Um, was pretty cool, man. I got one of those uh, face plates for the 360, and it was like developer's launch edition or whatever. Yeah, felt pretty good about that. <laughs> so okay, so now you're you're um, so where are you now? Because you're not in uh, California anymore. You've um... yeah, man. We moved to Redmond, Washington, man. This is like a this is like a heart of game development up here, Washington. Actually, man, there's like a DigiPen University and all these game development companies up here, but that we basically just always wanted to move to Washington. And it actually started out by going to the PAX uh, show, man, the first couple of PAXs that me and Amber would go fly up here to. And we're like, oh, Seattle is so awesome, dude. It's like, I remember. At that time, it was like, oh, the city is so clean and you could walk around and stuff. But now it's like a little, uh, little grimier. But um, now Bellevue is like the nice clean city over there. But um, yeah, so we actually, we, uh, you know, after uh, I, we, I bought a house uh, like maybe like 10 years ago. And then it was just like the housing market was so crazy lately. It's like, oh, okay, the prices are this much. Okay, we have to build this house. And it's like, uh, we're working remotely. I might as well just move to where we always wanted to go, man. This is like a new generation. People can park remotely. You're not tied down to any one area anymore. So it's just like, you go where, where you want to go. It's uh, yeah, pretty nuts, dude. When we were basically just like, where's a good school for, for our, our son and stuff. That's cool. So, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate the gusto that, uh, that you guys had. And I mean, even the gusto back in... Um, you know, running into you at PAX. I remember we were talking and you were like, I'm, I'm going to be at PAX. And I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. Okay. Um, because I was, uh, you know, I was, I was doing stuff there and trying to actually network with the PAX guys. And, uh, you know, you were doing it too. And I was calling around, like, is anybody checking out this game thing? And not the developers were, but you were, and you just reminded me that, that we actually got together and had a, we had lunch over at a, what's that restaurant with the great clam chowder. Oh, was it Ivar's or something like that? Ivar's, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, dude, I've always been about that. And going to those uh, game gaming conventions and stuff was awesome just because I'm so into game development. But yeah, it was weird not that many people would go. And that, was, that one it was like, uh, now it's huge, man. But before it was like nobody really, not everybody knew what it was. It was still in the arcade thing, but uh Betty Arcade, man, had a serious uh, place in game history, man, for a while. Like that comic strip, it was like every day, uh, th you know, three times a week when that came out, it was like 
you know, that ruled the uh, water cooler conversation for that day or stuff. Yeah, I haven't checked those guys out in a while. Uh, I don't know what they're up to, but um, no, they definitely had a an effect on me in terms of like what's possible, what you can actually do and say, hey, just put out a website, just start building this. Um, when they started getting some of their friends on, like um, uh, they, they had like three groups of friends that they had and they just started hosting their webcomic on the PAX, um, on the Penny Arcade site. And it just became this big rolling thing. Right. And yeah, got- that's kind of like what I'm talking about. Now we could work remotely, could go anywhere. That was like the beginning of it. They're just like, you are all blind, man. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Could do anything. Okay, so so you're, you you packed up and moved to Redmond just because of the energy and buzz of the development there? Uh, and it's nice, man. There's nice schools and it's, it's, a, it's a good place, man. And yeah, that's basically... It's, some people think I'm crazy. It's like everybody here is like working for like Microsoft or Amazon. It's like, no, man, I'm just, I'm here to do my own thing, man. I'm starting my own I game company it. here, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so there, there's a, there's a gap that we kind of skipped there. You going from uh, QA to all of a sudden developing your own games. Uh, I know that you're, you've uh, had a lot of experience with Unity and creating some apps. How, how does that jump happen? Because it's one of those things that if someone doesn't do it, they're kind of clueless. And it's like, what is this about? Yeah, man, that's what the X, man. Yeah, I was like, basically, um, I was a Steve Jobs fanboy, man, during the time when he was still alive. I, I used to, first I hated Apple, but then I was this huge Steve Jobs fanboy. Like every time he did a live speech or whatever, I'd be tuning in. It's like, this new device is amazing. I have to buy it immediately. And one of them was like the iPhone, man. And just like that whole idea of just like, yeah, this is like a blank slate and you could put anything on the device. I kind of like blew me away, man. And it was like, um, it, it really did, man. And so I was basically like, once that app store came out, I'm like, well, why would I work at it? being a game company. I could just make my own games and release them on here. And so that's basically why I, what I left and did. But at that time... It, uh, it was just, yeah, I had no experience. I just had to go on YouTube tutorials, basically, of like how to make a game. How do you get a graphic in? How do you detect when they push left or whatever? And there would only be like maybe like one obscure forum post to like figure out how to get around something. Whereas now it's just like all these official how-to tutorials and stuff like that. But um, it was so early back then, man. It was like there was not all, all these resources. So I, I didn't really make it, but I made that experience basically so it was like oh i need art for the game i talked teamed up with like tom carroll and then it was like okay some good artists that i know and we did some cool art but then it's like okay we'll split the profits 50 50 yeah. and then it's like okay well now i have to do the program <laughs> the development the design the marketing the publishing basically all this other stuff and um yeah it, it didn't quite it was just too much to to, to be successful at that time but I, I loved the idea of local development so then i started working at like Sanga and jam city and these type of places it's also during when we were working at Rockstar, it was like Harmville became a big thing, man. And all these like social games became a big thing. It was like. Uh... <laughs> okay. That's, that's an important part because I don't know if you remember, um, Jeff and I worked kitty corner from each other in these cubicles. And at one point I forgot who it was or how it happened, but um, one of us got on Mafia Wars first. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we were like, and we were like, yo, are you seeing this? It's this game mafia wars. And it was not at the time. It was nothing but like, you know, meters filling up. It was just a screen full of meters, like, yeah. you know. Text to meters, yeah. yeah. But the numbers just kept going up. Man, it's like oh, well, well, I, I'm level ten. It's like, oh, dude, you're level seventeen. Oh man, I gotta get up there and stuff. Oh, I had like twenty-seven Tommy guns. I think I could take down this bank, you know. <laughs> and um, and that got and we were kind of fascinated by it. And I remember it was one of those things where you know you have that feeling of like no, there's something here and everybody else is telling you, shut the hell up, you're crazy. And we were like, no, 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 this is hot. It's on Facebook and you can connect with your friends and you can, you know, and they're like, it's just meters, dude. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, <laughs> that was basically then, the creation of a whole new segment of the industry, man. I know. And um, no, this, it's funny that you bring that up because you know, he went on to Zynga and Jam City and, uh, you know, you worked with him there, uh, I guess. Yeah. So it's just kind of amazing. It's just kind of amazing seeing how that all rolled together. Yeah, man. That, that was like kind of like a realization of like games don't have to be like um, just shooting people about violence. <laughs> like for some reason, the basic uh, ideal is that it's a game. You have to be just killing people by shooting them, hundreds and hundreds of enemies, and you have to die and then try over the same part and stuff like that. And then these games are just like, no, man, you just log in. Everything's <laughs> numbers just keep going up. <laughs> I thought I thought the waiting mechanic was bonkers that was oh, what blew yeah. my mind it's like people still I'm don't sitting... understand that dude i still talk to like, people who are like why would you make a design mechanic where it makes people not want to play your game that doesn't make any sense like dude yeah it all it, for me it goes back to like that stuff and um actually nintendo dogs was one of the first ones where it's like once a day you could check on your dog on the it, nintendo ds and it was like actually it, it made the game like i hung out with a friend of mine who'd been checking in every day for like once like had all this stuff like oh oh um i think yeah that real it bringing games to real life man so so you saw this and you're like i gotta be a part of it <laughs> yeah basically yeah i had grand ideas that you know just gonna make my own games become a millionaire and all this stuff at basically what I'm still doing, man. But now, though, now instead of jumping into that, <laughs> instead of jumping into just learning development, like you were asking about Unity, that's kind of just how I learned about Unity and stuff, all these game development engines. So now I'm basically jumping into it again. But nowadays it's going to be about like VR, AR, and NFTs and the blockchain and learn all about this stuff. And even if I just make something that doesn't go anywhere, I'm going to learn all about it. And then I'm going to be able to have, you know, jump to handle up people let that set the direction for like the next couple of years of my career, hopefully. Or maybe one of my things pops off and that works out, man. I'm also really interested in this trading card project, man, but um, it's not ready to be in the field yet. Man, there, you know what? You're, you're right there. There's so many like ideas, technologies and paths to, um, to development and I feel bad because I got caught up in doing art shows, right? At some point I started doing, I was like, yeah, man, creativity. And I have a history of art and my, my dad was a fine artist and whatnot. So I started doing these art shows and things and I wanted to blend it into game development and design proper design. And uh, yeah, it just, it just got weird. 
at one point where I'm putting on art shows and I'm talking to these artsy fartsy people and I'm like, yo, these people have such disdain for games and I, it's, it's back to sounding realistic again. They're like, yeah, you know, what you do is you just paint a canvas and do this. And I'm like, ah, NFTs are coming around the corner. There's so much digital art happening. There's, um, there, you know, you were talking about Roblox before the thing started. It's, there's this whole new area of creativity and I just, I almost feel overwhelmed, you know, but I, I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah, no, things are popping off and changing constantly. But yeah, that old school art world is interesting, man. Yeah, the pe people really had to stay for games. I, I mean, I feel like, like, like even like something like Among Us is kind of like slowly changing the culture where it's like, that's just the game, man. There's the, you know, little plushies and stuff like that. And why would anybody hate Among Us or anything like that? You know, it's like I've people, different people of different ages play it and stuff. Do they really hate games that much, man? Well, you know, it's not that I, I don't think it's that people hate games. It's that it just seems like this, the same way that uh, old school people will say, you know, oh, they're making a movie from the funny books. And it's like, no, this is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's based on the graphic novel of whatever, whatever, da, da, da. And you try to explain it to them and they're, they're just like, uh-huh, funny books. <laughs> People wearing goofy people wearing capes and spandex, and you're gonna uh, invest time into that. And it's like it's just this disconnect. So, yeah, yeah, um, that's uh, maybe just the generational thing, man. I think that's still going on now too with like Roblox, where um, the younger generation it's like they're taking that stuff seriously and playing it a lot, man. And then a lot of people are just like, oh, that's like a scam to like make the children develop a game. You're not getting enough money out of it. Or something like that. Everything's a scam. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, interesting times, man. There's a lot of ways to go right now. Um, yeah, I, I think we should uh, maybe work together, collaborate on some projects. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? You mentioned NFTs that are, we'll talk about it later. Maybe we can get to it now, yeah, yeah. maybe. Question is like, what do you think of this uh, uh, effect on the environment and the power situation? Man? Um, I think that's minor, actually. Um, in terms of like every other thing that people are doing, it's like, you know, hey, wait a minute, that's not beer. Oh yeah, no, I've also got this big energy drink. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's. This guy's down at all kinds of stuff. I see the kombucha bottle on the desk with everything. Dude, dude I, I love this kombucha, man. I recently figured out and learned about this stuff, man. Have you, <laughs> have you ever messed with that stuff, man? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a, uh, a friend of mine, um, Chris. I don't know if you she uh She used to hang around, and she was a friend of mine and a couple others. She put me on a lot of stuff, vegan eating. Um, I'm not a vegan, but she put me on... Uh, the benefits of eating differently. Uh, kombucha was part of that. I like, I like gave up Ralph's and was like, all right, I'm going to sprouts every day now. Screw, <laughs> screw Ralph's and, and bonds. What is that? They don't sell good kombucha. <laughs> um, so no, I, I get it. Um, sorry. I, I just, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that was funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that stuff's good, man. I feel like I get like a little bit of a buzz from that. of just like a different, um, you know, not everything has to be like caffeine or like your your energy levels or whatever, like uh, that, or like uh, 
herba mate. It's like a little bit of a different energy. It's uh, something to consider. Anyway, I, yeah, that that <laughs> uh, I had to. Speaking of development, um, I had to give all that up. Uh, it oh, was stressing okay. me out. It was giving me headaches, and the develop my development cycle was like you know energy drinks and um, <laughs> coffee. Uh, you know, uh, pizza at times. Uh, there was this oh, little yeah. Mexican place on Oceanside Boulevard where I'd get a chimichanga late at night when I wanted to bang something out. So now, <laughs> now I'm on a on a much cleaner smoother trajectory you know where it's just like if something stresses me out I'm, i kind of take a sip of uh you know herbal tea and i'm like hmm, i'll check on that in the morning it, <laughs> so it, no, it's a much more consistent thing it's just it's, I, I still work hard i just don't have the high ups and downs um and yeah i, I have to thank uh chris on a lot of the uh the woo woo crowd and the the vegan crowd and in, in uh in carlsbad and La Mesa and what else, uh, Del Mar that were putting me on that business. All oh, right, on man, yeah, that's kind of going along with the uh, the power idea, you know, for, for the environment and stuff like that. It's like, um, yeah, I, I, I totally feel that of like people are wasting energy, but I, I looked into it and it was like, okay, people and encourage it's just, it's just going to be a temporary use of this energy, we're going to use it eventually. And then the things are generated that the transactions don't use that much. And it encourages uh, energy being used uh, in a new place for clean energy, basically. It's like if you could make clean energy, but it's a way to convert energy into money immediately, yeah. which we've never had before. It's just like so crazy, man. Um, so I think that eventually there's going to be some way to make clean energy and stuff, and that's going to be solved. But I also got into this, um, the other one, sheer coin, where it's based on hard drive space. And so there's other like students have to be proof of work using all this electricity. It could be proof of like hard drive space and all this stuff. But um, yeah, dude, really interesting stuff with that. <laughs> I hope that it's uh, all balances out. That was kind of my big fears. Like so, I didn't really want to jump into it. And well, all these people okay. are going to be criticizing me. Of, like you're destroying the environment and stuff. There's like some serious uh, aggressive people about that online, man. Yeah, yeah. Um... And, you know, as, as you can probably tell, I've been putting myself out there a lot more as a front facing kind of, uh, personality and, um, yeah, they'll be, they'll be all right. That that's my, <laughs> you know, I, I, I do, um, value, uh, the environment and how we take care of our personal environments. But I think that the, the technological gains, um, will will naturally build a situation that's much more beneficial to the environment and beneficial to our creativity and i think that comes from us being able to i mean because the thing about the energy thing it takes a lot of it, energy costs money and it takes time so you have all this time taken up doing all these transactions well instead of doing and an immediate proof of work or an immediate proof of stake. It's like, you know what? You can bundle, you know, a thousand proof of work and proof of stake options or um, transaction and then submit all those at once. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's like one one thousand of the energy consumed if you do all these transactions at once. So 
it's just more efficient that way. And it just happens to benefit the environment. So after looking at it, I was concerned initially, but I don't think it's going to be an extreme problem. And I think the benefits of moving to this NFT digital collectible smart contract landscape is so much more positive that, you know, we may stub our toe on the way, but this is something that we need to keep on moving forward with. Yeah. Even in fact, I want on board. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. So that's what I, I'm taking this in a hiatus to do my own development. That's something I'm going to jump into, man. I, I'm, I'm learning how to do some development on there. I, I was kind of close to this wait, NFT wait, like, idea. Like, like NFT development, like um, what's that language yeah, called? Man. Like actually creating the NFTs, but there's di different languages, I guess, for different blockchains and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, and I, I was checking out this Chia list for that Chia blockchain. And um, I, I was kind of close to this with um, that turtle project I had, man, where it's like you, you, these turtles were spawned online on a Twitch stream. People could buy their own turtle and enter them into races and stuff. It was basically an NFT, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it, instead of uh, being on the blockchain, it was basically just like a text document on my computer and everything yeah. is written into. But I just love that people don't even know. I just love that idea of like there's this, uh, uh, you know, a document somewhere that everybody could check it and everybody checks whenever it changes and it's legitimate and you can all go back and like check, check, the, uh, check it on the chain. Uh, I think it's very valuable, man. Um, yeah, it's kind so, of like... Remember, uh, sorry, you think... <laughs> Okay. So are you thinking NFT collectibles or game NFT assets or how is this relating to your game development? Yeah, man, I would, I want to integrate games where it's like the game, the word game is, is maybe, uh, that's a, let's not use the word game, man. It's an experience. Maybe it's oh, not even the game. This is an experience, an, an app that could be anything. It's just like the, the Steve Jobs is talking about, man. It's a blank slate. It doesn't have to have like a hunt or anything, or it have to be fighting enemies and dying. It could be anything. But um, yeah, I, I, I just think, yeah, I, I like my turtle idea for an example. Imagine if the turtles were an NFT, where it's like, oh, dude, this turtle's won a hundred races. It's got like really good stats. It's got on the grass, on, on the grass track, dude. This turtle will kill everybody. It's going for like, you know, two thousand dollars or whatever. You could sell that turtle. Uh, you know, they'll start building one up in the game to try to like get it good, and then like you know, sell it. Like people sell WoW accounts. But it would basically this could bring legitimacy to that idea of like uh, investing in the game, and then. The stuff you put into the game this actually creates some value, man. Where normally it's like, oh, I'm racking up all these achievements, dude. Nobody can, yeah. man. It doesn't support it. Are you concerned, or do you have any thoughts about the the commerce side, um, maybe spoiling or um, disrupting the proper creativity of a an entertainment product or a um, at this experience, you know, the commerce side of things, is, is that a, is that a problem that you think about or, I mean, cause NFTs are, are baked around commerce and cryptocurrency. So that's the thing, right? I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, as long as the, the, the experience is like designed around that idea of, okay, new people will be able to buy and sell these things off, off, off market uh, outside the app or whatever, that commerce idea. 
uh, that that's just got to be baked in from the beginning. And so that's the beauty, beautiful thing about starting where I am right now at the beginning. It's just like, I'm going to be thinking about this. Who else is starting the game knowing about all this NFT stuff and, and, and all this. So it's like, this is all going to be baked into the beginning as well. Make it fair. It's not like taking an old game. It like reminds me of the Diablo auction house, Diablo three. It's like, oh, you could just buy as many potions as you want with real money. And then it makes the game like, you know, playable or whatever, if you want to spend money, if they ended up taking it out, it was like that. Basically that game wasn't designed properly with that in mind. And so uh, it's just a, a separate of, thing. You're, you're not a fan of a uh, pay for play. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's like, as long as the experience is designed for it, I mean, I, I'm still up for just the traditional game. That's completely, uh, there's no microtransactions. Like it's completely fair and there's no, you know, I, I'm all for that, man. Like chess or something like that. It's just like, yeah, we'll do, look, I'm all for the perfect gameplay balance and all that stuff but i mean there's also the real world of there's businesses yeah. and the, the other people don't necessarily have those values so if people are going to a game like chess they want it to be completely fair but if people are going to some sort of nft trading thing it's like they know they could put some money into yeah. this thing man and they don't mind putting money into it man so if there's people who want to spend money on these virtual items too yeah <laughs> I, you know, speaking of like paying money for virtual items and investing in something uh, well-constructed and well-designed, I think there's a huge opportunity. Uh, and I was talking about this in my other podcast, Show Versus Business with um, Bio. And we were talking about, you know, if you remove commerce from the idea and then really build up a good idea that gets enough attention, commerce is going to come jump on it anyway. Yeah. And yeah. That got me thinking about, you know, the people who were really going out there trying to design things. And I have to bring this up. What's up with you and these EMS design chairs? And because that's a classic design thing. And you brought it up before we got on. So, yeah, man, I've been, looking, I've been obsessed with these chairs, man. Yeah, my wife basically has so exploded one of these chairs where we, we used to watch for Asian for a lot, man. And, you know, he lives in <laughs> Seattle and uh, he had one of these chairs in this apartment. If he like references it, it's like, this is like the most well designed chair a modern man has ever made or something like that. And it's just like always this like iconic thing of like a, a well-designed chair. And I've also kind of been interested since this whole work from home thing. I think everybody like rethought their chair game and stuff. Of like, what am I sitting there at home and stuff? So we get something comfortable basically. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but so I, I got like a decent like gamer chair or whatever. And uh, that was all right. But um, just, yeah, just thinking about um, just chairs in general, man, that, that chair just seems so nice and well-designed and they're like, I've just got to go with into a deep dive. You could read about their design philosophies and all this stuff of this uh, husband and wife design team. And they're like, oh, we want this thing to feel like you're sitting in like an old catcher's mitt. And, um, they actually have all these, uh, design ideas that they put out there that um, are pretty interesting, actually. So I, I'm actually taking some of their design ideas into my indie game development, man. And I think they may, I may be one of the first people looking at this as far as taking their, you see people's design ideas into game development, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I got to call you out there. <laughs> I love it when designers say, you know, I'm the first person that's ever thought of this. <laughs> 
I'm the first person to publicly come out and say this. <laughs> the first company publicly designing games based on the IMS design principles publicly. Yeah, no, I know that's a ridiculous statement, but stuff, no, stuff you are, like you're, that. As far as I know, you're the guy. I'm going to post it on my website now. Um, so it, it's official. What are you talking about? Yeah, man, we're living in the age where evaluations of companies are based off just like, oh, we, they said they were the first to do this and stuff like that. And I think, you know, look at Bitcoin, it just was the first in some cases. But um, a lot of that stuff in crypto is like, oh, well, this was the first one to do that. And like those NFTs, the crypto punks, they're like so valuable just because it was the first one. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got to do it but no that chair is is pretty pretty incredible though but man four grand basically for a chair i can't justify that but it's like is the doc there's knockoffs for like 600 that are basically like you know some chinese company doing the same design but they don't have all the attention to every little fine detail that those people do like putting it together and stuff uh, there's just something about that of just like yo man we made this chair and it's like 50 years later it's still yeah. basically like the most comfortable chair because they we solve the problem. You know, so so Jeff, uh, Jeff Junio, who I had on um, earlier for Benjacon, he is, we, we got into a design thing. And for a while we were like, dude, we were going out to furniture stores. We were hanging out at like, um, you know, we go to these fashion outlets. Uh, it, you know, we would talk about, well, look at the cut of this jacket. It's perfectly designed for, oh, I get it. It's like, this is coming from a Middle Eastern ideology and the arms, you know, the arms are, uh, cut a certain way in this jacket. That's incredible. It was just, we got really weird with it for a bit. Right. And, um, there's a book called the design of everyday things. I don't know if you ever read that. Oh no, but I haven't checked that out. It's a great book talking about like why one doorknob style is better than another doorknob style in certain situations and, you know, signage. And it, it goes into a lot of stuff and really gets designers thinking, but Dude, that's great, man. Yeah. There's design everywhere you work and everything man-made actually has design in it. That's like a street sign. It's like, why did they use that font? It's like there's somebody actually put some design brick behind that. It's so, so, okay, right, right quick, let me ask you this. What does design mean to you? Like when you hear design? Um, that's, uh, that could drive somebody crazy trying to cope with the definition uh, like that. Yeah, it, it's, a slightly, <laughs> it's a slightly easier question than what is art. So I decided I'd go with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's just somebody grabbing stuff out of the ether, man. Somebody closing their eyes and being the first one to come up with an idea, even though it, you know, the idea is obvious, like you said, you know, you laughed at me about this idea of I'm the first one to do this. It's like, oh man, I, somebody's got, was the first one, but you know, there's a heart behind you. Somebody was the first one to like draw a heart like that. It was like, oh, that represents a heart and stuff like that. Like, um, it basically is the first on every, uh, original one of one creation. It's like the first time something's been like pulled out of the ether basically and brought into this realm of this physical existence is one way to put it but dude i read this book uh, when i was in qa like oh quality assurance i'm going to take this uh, philosophically what what is quality about what how do you define quality and uh, there mm. was like this book zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance and I it was like yeah Okay. There's like, they expand a bunch of these, like this and the art of, you know, Zen and the art of this and that. I think it's 
one of the first ones. Or it might have been like, oh, yes, we should know the first. It's all about we need the first man, day one. This episode is all about day one. I should have worn my day one shirt. <laughs> but, um, dude, that guy wrote this book that he basically kind of like uh, went crazy trying to define how do you say what is like a quality item? It's like, even if it's just a chair, who's to say, well, you know, what, what's, what's high quality about it or not? And it's just all comes back to kind of like the uh, relationship between the artist and, and the end user. Uh, that's something that I kind of thought was cool about your art was uh, actually a lot of the stuff where you would put out a little description with it. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I found the other, you know, like this mushroom, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, I see where you're coming from. So that makes it interesting to me where a lot of art, it's like, I just see the image. It's like, I, I, I don't know idea how to interpret this. Yeah, I can just guess, but I would be rather, you know, be on the same page as the artist, you know? I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, it's, d design is is funny to me because I've, I've started out in computer development, software engineering, and it was always an ends to a mean. I really enjoyed software development, but that wasn't my thing. I wanted to create things, and I thought that computers and you know, technology was a great way to do it. So I ended up in software engineering. Um, so when we talk about like design and, you know, um, we were talking about Apple earlier and there, no, no documentary has really touched on how they get into the design aspects of things. And that's what I really wanted to, that's what I really connected with, with Apple where it's like, no, they made a decision to give you a certain point of view on their development, give you a certain like angle on this is what my creation is supposed to elicit. This is the experience that my creation is supposed to bring forth out of you. And trying to do that with a new technology, like with NFTs, with, uh, you know, stuff on the blockchain or video games, I was always thinking about, okay, yeah, that's cool that we have this 360 degree analog controller and, you know, Xbox, Xbox live connectivity, but what does that experience mean to the actual person playing the game or interacting with what I'm creating? And I got in a lot of trouble for that, actually, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it clashes with them being a bit of the business side of it, I guess, because it's like uh, people can, designers could sit in the design group, you could a meeting group and uh, talk about stuff until 3 a.m. And it's like, <laughs> dude, well, <laughs> it's like what came out of that, you know? So it's like kind of like clashes with a little bit of, yeah, clashes with the business side, basically. That's what in was interesting about going to mobile games, too, was like the, um, it, it was it was really apparent where it's like no man this is a business like how much money did we make today oh no we gotta start running the sale man, numbers are going down like right now <laughs> like right now <laughs> i'm watching the chart you know i heard that uh i heard that at valve they have monitors up that can chart everything that's going on through steam and it's just like yeah man this game's doing bad we should just stop talking about it <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like what? <laughs> just because that, that little chart said, uh, it's like, yeah, man, exactly. This game's going up. It's the hotness right now, obviously, because people are buying it. And it could have just been some Kotaku article. I don't know. Uh, so, oh gosh, that's that—that's comedy. That's spitting me off into a 
a totally different direction there. It made me lose my train of thought thinking about business. Jeez. Yeah, man, it, it, it's it's interesting how they could collide for sure. Um, but yeah, it, oh, I, I found the I'm I'm parables. By the way, it's this uh, they have these fourteen parables for I'm's design, basically that um, <laughs> we're going to I'm going to try try using some of these ideas. For my okay, game well, development company, but uh, we'll link to this in the show notes. Yes, exactly. Thank you for <laughs> saying it before I did. We'll link up to the 14 <laughs> parables in the show notes. Jeez, uh, that's awesome. Um, so is um, our games good right now? And you're talking about mobile games. Um, I, I recently got on Apple Arcade and I was jumping oh, okay. on. I was I was playing around with the Target app and I uh, I use that a lot. You know, speaking of Target spending money and all this, and they have these they had an offer for hey get a six four months of Apple Arcade for free and I'm like cool, and um, and now that I'm playing these games, I'm wondering where where games are at right now. What what is your perspective on like the commerce side and what people are playing and mobile. Well, yeah, man, I guess. it's interesting you mentioned Apple Arcade because that was basically like trying to be a solution to like one of the biggest problems is like the mobile games, like how do you monetize them? It kind of just turned into this thing where it's like, yeah, every game is free to start, but then it's like, are you paid to win or, or it's bugging you for microtransactions or it's like throwing an ad in your face constantly. And people are like, oh, okay, well, I just want to like, you know, I'd rather spend $7 to uh, just, you know, a lot of like old school gamers, I'd rather just spend like the X amount of dollars and just have the game permanently like what they're used to. But the problem with that is like, there's going to be like somebody out there, like one of the hundred people who, who would spend like $5,000 on the game. And so it's like, it, it money-wise, it's like, how could you argue with not making it like having microtransactions? It's like, also it lets people get in for free. And then a couple of these whales will basically like fund all these other people playing. Wait, game. wait, use the, use the insider term. What's, what's a whale? Explain it. <laughs> oh, that's all just old school of, uh, game, people who are like a big spender on games, man. There'll be like a tiny percentage of people who like to spend a lot on a game and they'll buy almost everything that you put out there, man. And they just consume it like crazy. And um, there, there's going to be people like that who are like at the end of the content at the game. As soon as you release something else, they go churn through it or, you know, burn through it and spend, it will, will eat up whatever you can. It's like when you see these like iOS games, it's like, oh yeah, like $1 pack, $3 pack, $5 pack, or $99 pack. Like people buy those $100 packs. Those are the whales. That actually, that amazed me. Um, and I, I learned about that when I was studying uh, Candy Crush, Candy Crush Saga. Oh, I remember I did a I did a uh, an episode of this thing called Game Guy TV with uh, Darian Jeff. Oh yeah, okay. and uh, yeah, <laughs> they were like they were like, hey, so what should we be playing now? And I said Candy Crush Saga, and everybody looked at me like, what is that? And I'm like, you fools. <laughs> <laughs> they end up making that into a TV show, I think. <laughs> oh, geez, but it it amazed me how, like, yeah, like you were saying that, um, you know, the the or the commerce is designed into the product, and it had this, hey, you know, get a boost for ninety nine cents, or hey, get a, you know, special boost and these power ups for 
one ninety nine. If at four ninety nine, you know, you'll get you'll get some unlimited blah blah blah. And then you're like, okay. And then they shoot up the big. Once in a while, they would throw up the big. Hey, listen, you need to quit. <laughs> you need to quit screwing around and just pay ninety nine dollars ninety nine cents to buy the mega package. Just quit screwing around. Quit playing around. You, microtransactions go macro buddy go big and I, it blew my mind because i'm sitting here thinking who is doing this obviously somebody yeah man i mean even if just the tiny people in that funnel uh go through there and bite that <laughs> yeah it's it's uh the people are behind those things i guess i remember talking to one uh designer uh, early on and was like, oh, you know, what do you, what, what do you, looking back at your game, like a retrospective, he's like, I just should have made like the in-app purchases more expensive, actually. I should have put like higher dollar bundles in there because people like bought those. It was yeah. like after the game had came and gone, it was like, okay, everybody's forgot about this game years later, but it's like, there could have been either a couple people who bought this crazy bundle or if that option wasn't in there, you probably weren't going to make that much money. So it's, it's interesting, man. And that's kind of, Dude, I think I, this could tie in with NFTs where it's like the price of something is valuable to different people, basically. And it's like some people are willing to spend a lot more on an experience just as they have more money or they're in more into it. And it's like these games where it's like, oh, pre-order this game from the $100 edition and you get access to the beta and stuff like that. It's like well, they, they basically could say, you know, well, they will charge you. They are basically now saying we'll charge you more to play early. Uh, it's like it's, uh, rather than spend the 60 bucks when it actually comes out and it's like it reminds me of nfts where it's like you can balance out the cost like dynamically basically or it's like okay the game is out how much are people willing to spend uh maybe it could just go like naturally through a market basically and uh like ra rather than like releasing these things it's like okay like a, a pokemon cards it's like there has to be this one rare card it's like what people naturally determine which one is this valuable one. And um, like why sell them all at a, at a price of 10 cards for $4 when you could just sell a super yeah. rare card for like $100. People will just pay $100 to get that one super rare card, man. Let them buy it all on the chain. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, and, and that's, once again, that's part of the, that's part of the experience where it's like, you know, hey, I was there early. I understood what was going on. I bought into this awesome product. And now when everybody goes to my account or online, they, they see that, Hey, this guy was there five years ago in 2021 during the pandemic. And he's got this awesome, you know, pandemic jacket, jacket on his avatar. You know, it's like, I survived pandemic 2021. It's got a COVID logo on the back. It's crazy. You know? little red spiky Dude, looking yeah thing. you mentioned um you mentioned steam being the people who could like really keep an eye on these things the people at valve and they got into that a lot where uh, they sell all these things for your steam profile where it's like oh you know this is you were part of the summer sale of 2019 but if you spend you know an extra 100 bucks you get the pro badge of a premium badge that you were really there and stuff like that to put it on your profile and that's because they are watching all these things and have accountants who know that, like, they way back that the pays to put these things in there before going to buy these things. We're selling something for that's a virtual item. Um, so now, yeah, it's interesting. Does, does that does that collectability make sense to you? What do you mean, man? Like, um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people collect. Um, in the past, people have collected spoons, comic books, 
um, coins, Pokemon cards, baseball cards, whatever. And suddenly it's like, hey, well, now you can collect something digital that you can theoretically, you know, uh, store and display in some way. And I actually think that's the next level of it, the way to store and display these things. But when you're when you're thinking about, hey, I'm going to get in this NFT, are you thinking more investment or collectible or let me just ride the wave of this cool technology? I don't know how you think about it. What's... Uh, no, yeah, I, I like that idea of like people determine the price of something, basically. It's like I just put these things out there and it's like if people are willing to pay a thousand dollars, they can. Or if it's only worth, you know, a million a fraction of like a Satoshi or whatever, um, that, that that's like what it becomes. But it's like this idea of like the, let the market determine it basically. And it's like people are exchanging things outside of the game even. And I, I'm basically just like, like that idea of the collectibles of the value. I just, I'm interested in exploring this idea. I've really kind of dug deep into card collectibles and like the original, uh, you know, cigarette packs would come with a card. And there'd be like some collectible cards people yeah. would like collect and stuff like that. And it's like, and it would be baseball cards. And it's like, it costs the same amount to print every baseball card. It's just the same amount of ink and paper, but somehow one of them ends up becoming super valuable. It's like, what the heck yeah. is going on here, man? And so it's... that same type of thing is going on with NFTs. And it's really interesting, man. I, I'm just looking at it as uh, I want to learn about it and make, make something kind of design that for the ground up it's just interesting stuff even if nothing comes out of it i just like to learn about this stuff after like the philosophical reasons of you know like reading about like uh you know bitcoin in the early days it's just like oh yeah like uh, the federal reserve and all this stuff this is like a possible oh, way to... <laughs> no you're, you're, you're talking like a you're talking like a true designer there where it's like you know look at the philosophy of the the way monetary transactions have occurred in the past blah blah, blah. yeah that's <laughs> Total designer talk for anybody who didn't pick up on that. That's, that's where he's coming from here. Um, so now we've got all this stuff happening and you mentioned earlier, uh, you kind of, it, it was kind of a throwaway comment, but you talked about Roblox. Oh, yeah. how it, we're, we're developing a group of, um, not developing a group of, uh, we got kids and a new generation coming up with all of this stuff. That's, this is fascinating to me that they're growing up in this age of, hey, let me just start up a, you know, Roblox account, create my own level and try to create value in my own little world universe. Well, how do you see that this, that angle of things? Yeah, man, it, it's going to be totally different where we, we, when we were kids, like I said, I wanted to make games, but there was not really a straight uh, path for it. But, or, you know, then they're okay. There was these certain schools that you could take these courses, but now you could just jump in with that editor and basically start making stuff right away by dragging and dropping. They make it so easy. And there's like this whole community of people making how-to videos that it's like, Usually I'm like looking up Unity how-to videos and it's like some guy that totally understands the programming and explaining it all. And this, these videos for Roblox how-tos, it's just like some kid, like, I don't know, you just look up like leaderboard and drag it in there and it works and that's it. So it's like, <laughs> it's like this other generation of creators who don't really understand the basics of, of, of it, but they're able to get stuff going. 
And um, the interesting thing is the multiplayer aspect of it is everything's always online, a online server with other people. So to be able to just like throw that out instantly of just like, oh, I have an idea of like Bomberman, but like this and that. You could just like make it in Roblox and it's like the people are joining instantly, send people the link or whatever device they, they could join in there. Whereas if I wanted to make that myself as an indie game, it's like, oh, well, what networking stack are you using? Like, you know, matchmaking, you know, all these things, like it'd be like 10, like a couple programmers just to develop that. Yeah. But these kids are able to mess around with that instantly and like a lot of the multiplayer design ideas where we would have one back in the day and it's like okay this idea of you know smugglers run or whatever capture the flag mode work on it for like two years so that it comes out and it's like oh okay it would have been cooler to have done this or whatever but no big deal whereas now it's like they just instantly get the oh here put this mode out there and see how what actually which one uh, people are playing how fun it is and then instantly do an update and people don't even have to download anything it's just the next day it's changed and, um, dude, and also the kids are communicating with the developers because there's like a game board where like the kids are just like, oh, I'm not in the game. Just ask the developer on the game board, man, and they'll put it in there and stuff. And they're like communicating back and forth. And there's so many of them, dude, like half the kids under 16, I think, are playing this game. It's just completely out of control, man. And I don't think people are taking it seriously enough. There's people in the game industry who still haven't even like played it or completely understand it. Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, Meanwhile, I, I, I just ra like... raising my hand because, uh, you know, I heard about Roblox and I kind of poo pooed on it. And then, uh, you know, walking through the store, or whatever, I see the Roblox toys. And I'm like, this looks like shit. And <laughs> the graphics are bad, but like intentionally bad in a kind of funny, interesting way. Um, exactly. so I, 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 you know what? I, I to, for, for, for science. I will go download the, you know, Roblox and, and see about creating something here. I'm going to make that little note. Dude, and, check it but, out, man. It's basically for kids, but uh, it's, um, it's, you know, adults uh, are that could make stuff in there too. And um, it's, uh, yeah, the graphics are kind of bad, but it's like, they could be actually decent. There's nothing stopping people from doing something that looks like, all right. If you have like a nice ruddy PC, but it's like, it's not about the graphics. We learned that with like the Nintendo Wii, you know, it's like, it's not about the graphics, man. It's no, like okay. no, I mean, there's, there's graphic, you know, high fidelity and there's what I call shitty artistic, uh, <laughs> development choices. I think Roblox is just, I don't know what they're doing, but my God, I've seen some of the toys and t-shirts and I'm like, that color combination doesn't match up that, and th that's when, you know, something might be about something because you, you don't, you don't think much of it. You're like, what the hell is that? Why would anybody, if it hits me enough in, in enough ways like that, I'm thinking to myself, okay, there might actually be something there. I need to let go of my notions and go check this out because yeah, man, it's like, it's like some some weird fashion that you see kids wearing. Like, why would you wear that? What? Those shoes are terrible. But then everyone's wearing them, so you know. Yeah, I, man, that's open minded of you. I would say to, to to be willing to check it out and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it def definitely looks looks kind of like shit. But um, I mean, you're able to create an avatar that jump into any game with that same avatar. So like, and like you might be able to get a reward from a game and take that into the other experiences. It's like, that's pretty good to, uh, to be able to support that even on like AAA game, but it was like, I think they would have to make some sacrifices and stuff like that.
And yeah, I was kind of confused with it at first where it's like, why does it look like Lego characters, but it's not Lego, this is ridiculous. But it's kind of just like that idea of like Lego is, a, is an iconic design idea that means like you can adapt and build stuff yourself, basically. It's interesting, man. So so what did that lead to? It, it, is it like, do you expect, you know, um, generations after this to look for like, um, you know, more uh, creator-based kind of setups where, you know, you're doing more of your own creation, customizing, building, I don't want to say coding, um, but, you know, you're constructing all of these more complex scenarios within a virtual space. And the way I was seeing it was like, hey, in the future, instead of just downloading, you know, uh, an avatar or whatever, I have all these customization options where I can set up my own, I don't want to say universe, I don't want to say world, I don't know what the future is going to look like, but digital real estate is going to have my development influence on it, if that makes uh, you see where I'm kind of going with this? I don't know. Yeah, the band, and then it's like, this is basically, a, 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 it's the metaverse, man. It's the metaverse idea of like everybody has their own real estate, but there's some sort of connection to all these different real estates, what ties it all together. And that's like being able to take your avatar from, from real estate to real estate. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's one way to look at it, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like it's just about making it easier to create. As we go forward, it's just like everything is like, it was so hard to make games back in the day, man. It was so, uh, like, um, could people couldn't do it, dude, unless you like had a lot of money and that grew up with a computer and stuff like that. You didn't even have the, the idea of making a game was, was impossible. Now these engines like Unity, Unreal and Roblox is just like the next evolution of just making it even easier for people to create. You get all these other voices. And um, the best ones are going to bubble up to the top. So it's just like opening it up to even more voices, basically, to, to the design process. And a lot of people aren't even interested in the design. They just are playing it, too. That's cool, too. But I, I think it's uh, everybody kind of has that in the back of their head that anybody could make one of these things. And yeah. um, that's pretty cool. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, so one of the things that, that that I've been thinking about that you kind of brought up there you know everybody's creating everybody's got uh you know they're they're design quote unquote designing something and we get into a situation where i'm a creator i know what creating is about and you're a creator you know what creating is about but to be fair most people aren't really creators they're copiers and disseminators they're they call themselves curators sometimes but they're really just reposting and i'm wondering about this new and, and honestly this is why i'm doing all of these podcasts instagram lives um you know facebook lives i'm thinking about doing twitch now with this new webcam and everything where we're moving out of the information slash design age or whatever and we're moving more into an attention age where it's just yeah. like you do what you got to do to get attention um yeah man that, it's almost like what's the difference between designing or getting attention in a way um, it's kind of like there's not that much of a difference if it's like if people are creating a game or people's creating a great instagram feed or a youtube channel 
that's just the people's attention band, whether it's Netflix or a game or whatever, like people are competing for people's attention these days. And it's like making the design part of it, like less uh, complicated, like Roblox and these game engines, bringing it to everybody just gives everybody a chance to, um, to get, try to get some attention, man. It's like, we're all just uh, out in this universe and whoever can create interesting uh, waves and some buzz will attract more eyeballs. And we're all just trying to attract the most eyeballs through these streams. <laughs> Does it, d uh, okay. You seem, you seem almost happy about that. Does it seem, I don't know, to me, it seems a little shallow in some respects and I'm, I'm having trouble. I'm doing it. Um, I'm out there online and um, front facing, as I said, a little more than I definitely was in the past. But, you know, if I sit down and think ideally, ideally, I would just, you know, close my front door, <laughs> pull down the blinds and create something and come out of the cave six months later, like, look, I got this. It's better designed than all y'all shit. But that doesn't matter if if these other people have been getting all this attention, and I, I'm actually struggling with with that whole getting attention thing. No, um, that, that's like you know, like what is good, or how do you define like what type of like music is good? Is it because it's popular? Is it good? It's like I remember thinking, no, like Britney Spears was technically when I was growing up the greatest artist, I guess, because she was selling the most albums, but it's like, I'm sure there's like some like, you know, music theory guy, like coming up with some of them <laughs> do like song or something like that. But it's like those people that wasn't marketed and it wasn't affecting people's taste right now. He wasn't at the right place at the right time. So it's like, was that actually better designed music than Britney Spears? I, I mean, I can't even say, man, it's kind of like popularity, maybe the only real, um, way to measure things but like yeah we know that certain games even like with games or it's, it's like yeah certain games are better uh designed than other more popular ones but it's like who is really to say at the end of the day it's kind of all about whoever could just get people's attention unfortunately yeah you know what and i i i'm glad that i had the experience uh, of working at at rockstar games because i know what it takes to go into actual quality it's amazing to me to run into people who have no idea of what better quality actually is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Where, it just takes a lot of hard work too. It's like that. I don't know if people realize that that, that like what the secret is. It's the secret is just like work your ass off for a long time. Like you know what to do, and just do it. Do it hard. Do do the hard work. Basically, was. How, how I think they got a lot of stuff done. And, and um, now, I don't know if that's what you're talking about. Like people coming in, not really realizing that. It's just like, oh yeah, I've got this great idea, man. And it's just like, uh, it's just about the whole about the execution and the hard work, man, to actually make something uh, really quality. Well, okay, what's the, um, yeah, you know, you're talking about hard work. What does, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, hard work and getting out there doing things. Where does that? Do you think that uh, with with game development and developing a lot of these these products, that is the hard work damaging to you, or is it something that you need to go through and understand? Or, you know, where do you kind of sit on that fence? 
hey, yeah, no, I feel like the hard work sucks, basically. And it's like, if the tools were easier, the work wouldn't be that hard. Like, ideally, it should just be zapped right from my brain, like, instantly. But also, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like some of the work is, like, where some of the good stuff comes comes from. It's like, oh, yeah, I have this idea for a game or whatever. But if I just, if it was zapped over instantly, it's like, oh, actually, you know, level two sucks or whatever. It's like you have to, like, iterate and iterate during that design process in order to actually make it good. So, um, yeah, a lot of the, it's, it's just, uh, interesting, man. And how some, some of those old school game developers could just be like, yeah, man, fuck it. We're working for four years on this. Cause we think it's good. And then it ends up coming out and being like the greatest entertainment, uh, money making thing ever like GTA <laughs> or, or people are just like trying to crunch out a game every year, basically like following the hype and stuff like that. Um, I think it's way better to just do like, like you're saying, just like close the doors and like go in for a while and like make something really pure and original and uh, get it out there, man. That that's probably the better way to go. It's, it's basically, you know, there's like, it's a, it's a balance, man, between that and then being like the steam people who are crazy measuring every single metric to the minute and stuff. Like, where's the balance, man? Uh, maybe I will explore this balance and find it in my new company. Okay. Exactly. So, so back to that with, um, with what you're developing, are you, are you, you know, are you trying to, you know, increase your quality first or your quantity or the attention? What's your, what's on your mind? Like, you know what, I need to create this. I need to focus on this type of development. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to focus on that, getting the attention with man uh, not not even like from like people i know or whatever i just want to like uh, get something out there and measure uh all, all about measuring like what when i put out there and how it affects people stuff like that me measuring the results back I, yeah i'm not really like oh i'm gonna go away and do the most creative project ever i kind of just like i want to throw something out there and um read both the data coming in just and maybe try like five different things see which one uh, pops off organically, basically. That's how I'm looking at it. That's a good way to look at it. Is that um, are you still thinking about app development or current like phone development as the platform that uh, is going to attach with the right? Oh people? yeah, man, I totally. Although yeah, like I say, I don't I'm just from that old school Steve Jobs thing. It's like that's in everybody's pocket, and it's a good way to get to the most people, especially in some of these developing countries. Man, like people don't understand. Like the amount of people in India coming online, for example, where it's like the first time they're coming online or interacting with computers is through a, a mobile phone. And it's, it's like totally it's different for, for other for them. So yeah, they don't have like the um they don't they kind of don't have that like history of like, oh uh technology took away our jobs or anything like that. It's just like, oh, this is a cool <laughs> thing that like helps people out and stuff like that. This is great. And so uh, and it's like yeah, I, I, I want to just get out there. My, my basic idea is just to, how many people are in the world? How many iPhones are on the screens? How can I generate some energy to, um, to get the most to, to the eyeballs on something on the screen? And then one, once I'm there, then, then I'll go into the, I'm uh, going into a closet for a few months and, uh, try to put something good out there. But I want to have like a set, be set in a good direction. That's, that's the first place basically. Okay. Yeah, I, I know we don't we don't we don't really ever talk about anything on the uh the more spiritual woo woo side, but you said uh get some good energy as opposed to getting likes or anything like that. What do you mean by getting good energy? 
uh, like interaction of like uh, measuring something. You know, if I put out a game, it's like, are people uh, actually uh, using it? It's not necessarily about the likes. It's just like about like, you know, art. Yeah, just uh, like you said, attention, man, people's energy. Um, <laughs> I don't know It's like how to put it, but it's basically, yeah, like, you know, people people using an app, the more time they're spending on it, that's people get, basically giving people energy into that, that, that ecosystem. And so, um, yeah, whether it's a trading card thing, a monopoly, getting people, you know, excited or just a traditional game, basically just, yeah, getting some eyeballs on it. And, um, yeah, that's what, what I'm working at, man. And then, like I said, learning about all this new technology that's out there. Um, yeah, energy is, uh, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just, just a way of thinking about everything is energy, basically, man. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, to, to, dude, I, I, I get down with some, I have it somewhere over here, but I have a... I have a book full of just um, notes and ideas about energy and how we interact with each other. You know, um, and you can think about it like the energy in the arcade when, you know, like a, a master, a master Street Fighter two player would come up and put his quarter down. It's like the energy in the room kind of changes. It's like, oh, what you know, Miles is here. It's like, who's Miles? Yo, dog. He used to write articles for diehard game fan. Everybody's going freaking nuts the true story by the way um in tallahassee i met this kid who would write like strategy guides and send them to diehard game fan and they'd actually get published uh, but uh but yeah you know I, I guess i just had this idea of energy design creation and making better a, a better digital landscape for people and a better way for people to create and build and I really like what's going on today. And I think that people like you are definitely important to that whole, this whole ecosystem that we're, that we're going into. And it's not all about the likes. It's not all about, you know, just being an internet personality or whatever. I'm, I'm personally actually doing this so we can get out that experience that like, hey, if you, if much of your world is digital, uh, we don't have the barriers anymore. You can create your own little, you know, e-commerce app in India and all of your friends can exchange tokens or whatever and be, be good. Or, hey, you're, all you guys are in Seattle and PAX, you're talking about games and everything. You can create your own little community and start talking with each other. And you don't have to deal with the, the evils of Instagram and Zuckerberg and, and Facebook and, you know, which is why we're not doing this live, by the way. Uh, yeah. Why is everybody still on there, man? It's like even you would <laughs> accept that it's an evil thing, but everybody is still on there. I was like, what's, I, I kind of realized it was evil. I got off. I figured everybody's coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm fine with the, the, the Facebook ecosystem. You, you gotta let me know what's your position on this because, um, I, I, I actually thank you for it, by the way, because it, it got me to, uh, to fix up my, my background and everything and the webcam. So I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this over Instagram live. Um, so what's, what's your beef with Zuck? 
yeah, man, I mean, I, you saw the movie, I know the story. Basically, it's just like he made the, the site. Basically, it's just like, let, let's like try to get laid or, you know, see the hot chicks from school and stuff like that. And then it kind of like got into this huge thing. And um, I, it, I, even working in mobile games, I was like noticing like strange things about like the advertising where it's like, oh, you could like really dig into like uh, who you want to advertise on this platform. There's stuff where it's like, uh, you know, there there were like laws about like, oh, if you're having like uh, some, you know, apartment complex, you can't like um, advertise just to a certain group of people or whatever. But Facebook allows people to advertise to specific groups of people like that. And just, it's just like, okay, I don't, I don't like these things like uh, competing for these likes and all this stuff. It was kind of just like something was wrong. Then as years and years go on, it's like, okay, all this information is coming out. Um, I, I, it just became more and more obvious that it's like a tool for kind of like evil. And it's like, you are the product basically, unless you're you know, having a business on there. It's like, I'll still buy some Facebook ads, man. Don't get me wrong. I'll use it for a business. But um, I, I just to have a personal account, it's just like, you're, you're the product basically. And they're, they're, they're able to guide what you're thinking and messing with your emotions. It's like, they put out like, mm. the leaks and stuff. Well, uh, they, they do experiments with to try to influence people's emotions, man. And they totally can, because it's what you're looking at all the time. What they decide, that first thing that pops up in the feed, it's like, I, I would rather it just be completely, uh, you know, time-based basically. It's like, right, yeah, right. I, I was there from the early days, man. Like we had you like, oh, Web 2.0 and stuff, uh, you know, Friendster and all that stuff, social yeah. networks. It was like, I was there from the early days, but I feel like I just kind of, um, also, dude, that movie, The Social Network, um, or The Social Dilemma, rather, on Netflix, the documentary mm -hmm. basically goes through all, all sums up my point of view better than I can in like an hour or whatever. But it's like, yeah, I don't know how anybody could watch that movie and still be constantly checking that, that stuff. It's like use those algorithms. It's like all the smartest people and the most powerful computers in the world just trying to like influence you through these algorithms and stuff, man. Um, I'd rather not be on there, basically. Um, and then Instagram, it's like, dude, they bought Instagram. Facebook was the number one uh, social network. Then all of a sudden, Instagram was like coming out of nowhere, growing all these users that was going to compete with them. They just bought it up. That shouldn't be allowed in American law. Like forever, we grew up thinking like, yeah, monopolies and stuff. Like you can't just buy up the competition. And they just got away with that. Like, fuck that, man. I'm not just going to take out on there, man. <laughs> I, res I, I respect that. I respect that. Um, two, two things, though. Um, you know, you said, you know, it's fine for business and you understand the business aspects of it. But doesn't, one, does, doesn't everybody kind of become, in, in this new era, their own media business? Where we're all, like, getting attention. We're all... Like, hey, I'm, you know, John from Nashville, Tennessee, and I own this little shop down the way. Come check out my social media. We'll talk and everything. It, don't we all kind of become a social media business in this new era? Yeah, man, sure. But I mean, you could have just check me out on my website or something like that or a different uh, network or just, you know, it's, there's so many other different places where, yeah, everybody is could create content but uh you know why when i have one monopolistic platform I see, I see. type of thing um, okay yeah 
And I guess the, the second part of that is, isn't there a lot of good that can be gained? Because, you know, honestly, I, I, I try to, like, I don't really even, I don't post links really to Facebook anymore. Um, and when I go on, I try to, uh, you know, I don't even know if I'm, I'm one of the problem users for Facebook or whatever, but I go straight to my groups. I have a group for like discussing hero movies. I have a group for discussing art business. I have a group for discussing, you know, black politics, you know, and everything else. It's just, like I have these small little groups of anywhere from five to a hundred people. And I, it, it's just a good way to connect with people. So what about that side of things? Does that? Oh, it, yeah, you're absolutely right, dude. That is great. It's like technology is kind of letting people connect in completely new ways where you could talk to people about what you're interested in, not just about like what your neighbors are interested in. It's like you could finally connect with people that are on the same level. That's amazing. And yeah, that's the hit that I had to take, man. I'm missing out on all that stuff. It's hard to make friends and keep up with people without that thing, man. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of even times like my therapist will be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You should, you know, Facebook or Instagram, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, I don't have access to that. That's like a piece part of people's lives. But um, yeah, no, that I hope that there's other places. There's Discord communities, there's Twitter, there's message boards. Uh, but yeah, I've just like tried to be part of some other smaller communities, man. Like I think Discord is pretty interesting, like what, what how, how they're uh, handling things. They're just like a small community of like-minded people. It's not like tied to like this big profile or anything like that. Um, but yeah, no, that's what, that, okay. Well, damn, yeah, that, it's like one of those things where I was like, I was on there like seeing the amount of people joining the, the whole year in the snoop or the person you know is online and stuff like that. But um. Yeah, it's um, I'm definitely missing out, dude, on that social network and stuff. It's great to, to be able to talk to those people. And yeah, there's definitely some value in there. Um, that's why so many people are on there. But um, I just couldn't, couldn't. I'm, I'm too, uh, too, too philosophical, I guess. I'm just too ideological about the about just not being able wanting to support them, basically. Um, yeah, that's, that's my story. I'm definitely missing out on some of that social element. So yeah, if anybody has seen me that hasn't watching this, that hasn't heard from me since I had deleted Facebook, uh, just hit me up <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> no, um, you, you're, you're, you're not alone, by the way. And I, I totally get it. Uh, I took a, I, I took a hiatus from Facebook, not for ideological really reasons, but it was affecting my spirit in a lot of wrong ways. And I think the way they structured the algorithms at the time, it was for building engagement. And oh, a, yeah. lot of in, a lot of the engagement was based around negativity because that was, that's easy, right? Yeah. So it got pretty hard and heavy in there. And I had to step oh, back yeah. and was like, okay, let me rethink this whole social media thing. Yeah, um, I remember there was this like like one of one of the last months I was on there. It's like I posted some comment of like my dad. My dad posted some picture. I like replied or something. Like somebody replies to me in the comments, all caps, no collusion. Like says something with that dude. It's completely ridiculous. It's like I'm not going to get into like defending this. Uh, wow, there's collusion with this guy. And I'm just trying to like make a comment about my parents. Um, it, it was just too much, man. Yeah, it drove, drive my anxiety level nuts every time I would go on there. 
And also one other thing about Facebook is uh, causing serious depression for me, man, like going on there, uh, not, not only that anxiety of like, oh, you know, these people are, you know, attacking me about politics or whatever, but also just like seeing all these happy people and they only filter out like they're having, living this perfect life, with the perfect lighting and a, a camera angle and everything. And then I look at my life, I'm like, this is shit. It's like, what is going on here in comparison? But it's just like, um, that's how the algorithm and the whole system was made, man. A lot of people, I think, like, get, suffer from depression from like going on there and seeing all these like loud mouth attention seekers going on and on. It's just like, fuck off, man. I'm deleting my account. <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of wonder if I'm becoming one of those loud mouth attention seekers uh i i personally feel i'm coming from a good place on instagram i've been trying to make it a more co connected place but i i, I totally get you and yeah i know man i think your posts are totally real and just like people listen to you and it's not like um trying to like show off or anything like that so yeah i totally respect what you're doing man i i i hope so and uh thank you for that um I, you know, and I'm, I am glad though, to see all the different outlets people have, you know, whether it's Twitch, Discord, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, people are on Roblox. Uh, I found a group of, of Snapchat friends. It's like a group of 10 people and all they do all day is send snaps to each other. And I'm like, what in the hell is this? People still using Snapchat and it like, it like has its own way of doing things that works for those people. So, um, it's a, it's a strange, fun, interesting world where we're learning how to connect and keep in, uh, keep tabs with each other better. So I'm all about doing what's good for you and what you think works, um, because we're all different, right? So yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, it's just there. There should be different ways that why you know it shouldn't be there. The thing you go to for photos, for groups, for news, for every single thing. Like there should be different companies doing different things. It's just yeah, that idea of yeah, that monopoly and stuff. But yeah, like um, like whenever we watched that uh, Ted Kelly uh, talk, man, about how like all things point into the one. It's basically just like it's inevitable that <laughs> it's like everything is going to connect into just like one giant thing, basically. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, this uh this has been a pretty good talk, man. Um, I, I think we we covered a lot of ground uh, pretty organically. Um, is there is there anything else we should uh we should be thinking about before we start to no man yeah thanks for having me on here man yeah it's a, i'll talk anytime about games and the development of the industry and stuff like that to anybody who will listen basically and um yeah man so it's a crazy time um right hopefully people check out uh these uh Elysian parables and um <laughs> Yeah, man, like uh, hours of 10 thinking. That's just one of them right there, man. Just think about that. Hours of 10. It's just like that should be something that in people's mind when you're going about signing something. Also, I've got my own uh, one I wanted to point out here that uh, something I realized lately just for people to think about a quote that there is infinite in the small. Like even just like mm. a period at the end of a sentence, man, there's, there's, there's an infinite amount of like atoms or ways to look at it or zoom in on a microscope or all, all these different things. 
every little thing. Um, there's actually infinite in every little thing. So I'll leave people with that. And uh, yeah, keep an eye on me for my company. Be the first to use some of these crazy ideas on the blockchain. And <laughs> okay, awesome. I, no, I, I like the um, infinite and the small. I think there was a uh, some philosophers talking about it. it doesn't matter how how far you look out into space and try to see the big picture or how detailed you try to go to look at the the finer points either way you're going to be infinitely um you're, you're going to be presented with infinite uh expression and design create it, 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 any direction you go into so uh i forgot what the philosopher was actually trying to what point he was trying to get across but he was just like hey everything is amazing no matter which way you look at it so just jump into whatever you think is amazing and create from there. And oh, that's a great way to look at it. I, I think you're uh, one of the one of the better creative minds I've ever run into in my life. So that's definitely why oh, I wanted wow. to have you Thanks, on here. Thanks, man. That means a lot for, to hear that from you, man. I appreciate it, dude. Uh, we'll, let's hang out again. We'll, let's collaborate on some crazy projects. Um, yeah, let's throw some stuff out into the universe and uh, see see what gets some energy, man. Definitely. Uh, so, where where's the best place people people to find you? I usually look you up on Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah, Pixel Ryan on Twitter. I'm just always posting about too much stuff on there, man. And also, if you read my tweets, send me a like, man. What don't be so stingy on the likes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's out here like farming. We'll get your likes up. Yeah, I love it. No, I never talk to people where it's like, yo, man, I saw that thing you posted the other day. It's like, wait, you saw that? Oh, like, oh like I see it. what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is the worst. Um, you know what? Really quickly, there's a, that's, I don't know what that's about, but I think it's a, it's a, it's a product of so much information and people don't know how to adequately respond to all of the things they're seeing fly by. I, cause I was talking to somebody and they said, Hey, I know you've been doing the Instagram live thing. I always watch after the fact, I never watch live. Um, but are you excited? What happened to you Sunday? And I was like, cause I've been doing them every day for a while now. And I was like, oh, Sunday. Yeah, I just I just turned my my uh phone towards my computer monitor and played <laughs> played burger time for about an hour. Uh I didn't I didn't think playing burger time was worth actually saving. So I deleted that one. And she was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I watch your stuff and I really think it's cool and I'm always waiting for the next one. And she's never liked or even responded. So it's it's interesting. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, give the yeah, lights, right? Is, yeah, man. Throw the lights out there, man. Come on. Don't be stuck out. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, man. Yeah, this has been too much fun, man. Let's do another one for my channel, man. Like I, I used to do a YouTube show, but it's like uh, I got the too busy doing other things when i've still got the channel out there we should uh if you ever want to chat about anything hit me up man absolutely uh whatever you need ryan i'm there for it uh let me know um 
whatever whatever platform you want to publish this to, I'm I'm down with it. Nice, cool, man. Well, thanks, dude. Let's uh, keep in touch, man. All right, definitely. Um, well, everybody, uh, thank you for listening in. That was Ryan Dormanish, aka Pixel Ryan, um, Zine Collector, and uh, Design Aficionado. Uh, definitely follow him and leave a like. And we'll we'll be back at some other point <laughs> to talk more awesomeness. Um, definitely appreciate this is Mr. Benja's ADD Experience Live. Thank you all for joining in. Peace. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible, and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit mrbenja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.